Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And folks, as promised, we have a really real deal candidate, a really real deal pastor, a really real deal Marine, <laughs> Bishop E.W. Jackson. E.W., how are you? I'm doing great, Brother Craig. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on, brother. And, uh, you know, I'm always talking about the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition. And uh, don't forget Capitalistic Coalition. And you check all all those boxes, brother. So uh, we love our Christian brothers out here. Uh, We love our conservative values and uh, you epitomize this, E.W., and, uh, and you, you're running for United States Senate, The uh, as I did kind of a little brief introduction before you came on, that um, uh, for the right to face off against Tim Kaine. And uh, we, you know, our cup truly runneth over, man. We have three fantastic candidates and, um, and, you know, and one one interesting dynamic that I've not heard anyone, well, I've talked about it several times, is we have three generations represented, with you being a, a baby boomer, uh, the elder mm-hmm. statesman of the group, and, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, with Corey being my generation, Generation X, and with Nick Freitas being, I don't want to say exactly millennial, he's kind of on the cusp right where right. the millennial and the Gen Xer diverge. But um, so share, you know, and all three of you are great. So share with the audience what is it about you being a member of the baby boom generation or being, you know, an, an older gentleman experienced a Marine. That's why I played your song. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I, listen, I stood up and saluted. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, what is it? Uh, just speak on the intergenerational dynamic. And, uh, and then there, there, we have older generations that are still voting, the silent generation. We have a, right. few, a few left over from the GI generation. And uh, so speak to what is it that you have learned uh, generationally, the types of experiences you've had that would prepare you, and I think all three of you would make a great senator, but I'm more concerned yeah. with the preparation to to rip a new you-know-what for Tim Kaine because that's the only way you're going to become the senator is you got to beat not only Tim Kaine but the Democrat machine, the media machine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the naysayers that say it can't be done in Virginia. Well, well Brother Greg, first of all, let me just say that I like and respect both of my competitors. And, and of course, I would support them over Tim Kaine any day of the week and twice on Sunday, as they say. Thank you for that. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, so I have nothing negative to say about them. I, I would say this, uh, two things. One is, at the age of 66 years old, <clears throat> I'm not seeking to be a career politician. And, um, and I would say both of them, of course, I think they, they really do want careers in politics. I think that's important to them. That's not important to me. What's important to me is saving my country. And I believe our country is in deep trouble. I believe Virginia is the place most important in the establishment of this country because George Washington, James Madison, George Mason, not to mention Thomas Jefferson, all Virginians, all instrumental in the founding of our nation. In fact, without them and without their important contribution, America would not look the way it looks right now. So 
I, I really believe that we need somebody more like President Trump. Not uh, my style is a little different than his, mm-hmm. but he's, he doesn't come from the world of politics. He comes from the world of business. I come from the world of business and ministry and nonprofit mm-hmm. work. Um, and, and I think that that is, is an advantage in this day and time when I think people want to get back to this idea that politics is a temporary mm-hmm. engagement to serve, not a life, not a lifelong career. Entitlement. So yeah. That's, now, that's one thing. Yeah. Now with Trump, what about Trump's lack of fear? Okay, and then you being a, 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 a minister, a preacher of the gospel, you understand, E.W., more than most, that the most oft-repeated phrase in God's holy word is fear not. And speak to, you know, why Trump became president, the lack of fear, and then on the other side, the uh, Republican establishment, they seem like they're scared of their own shadow, well, you know, and I think this comes back to his not being a politician because politicians tend to be very measured. They're very careful. What does the polling say? What is what are the trends saying? Mm-hmm. And what I said to people across the Commonwealth, Greg, is generally speaking, politicians generally, and I'm not saying all, but right. generally are not leaders. They're followers. They yes. tend to be thermostats. That is thermometers, not thermostats. So they tend to want to know what the temperature is rather than trying to set the temperature. Mm. And I think President Trump is a leader. <clears throat> He's been leading all of his adult life, and that's what he does. He he wants to make things happen. He wants to get things done. He doesn't care what's happened in the past. He doesn't care what people normally do. What he wants to do is make things happen. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of can-do attitude means I don't care about a career. I care about doing the job that people are sending me here to do. Uh, and, and that's the kind of attitude it takes. And of course, in ministry, you kind of, that's it built in or it should be, which is, mm-hmm. I don't really care so much what people think. I care what God thinks. I care mm-hmm. about doing what is right. Uh, and I want to persuade people that this is the right way, not figure out where people are and say, oh, well, I'll come along with them because mm-hmm. that'll make them like me. So, yeah. And yeah, folks, a very different and folks, speaking of persuading people, okay, EW, I remember, I still remember, man, the first time I heard you give a speech, I think I was, uh, I was working on, um, I was communications director either for Winsome Sears or Chuck Smith, one of the two, and I went out to New Kent County, and you were, and you were speaking. I had never heard of you, and I'm like. Man, you had you lit the place up, yeah, folks. Ew, is there a place where you you have an archive of some of your speeches? People oh, yeah. have to people. Yes. You have to hear the talk about persuasive. Well, well, brother Craig, people can go on my website ewjackson.com. They can go on my Facebook page. That's ewjacksonsr. Or they can go to my YouTube channel. Same thing, ewjackson. And yes, there's an archive of, of, of speeches and sermons and uh, things that I've had to say. But look, I, I think the bottom line is uh, what, what I say, I think it touches people because it comes from my heart. I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a packaged, you know, sort of uh, um, a Wall Street, uh, not Wall Street, but, uh, you know, the advertising mm-hmm. moguls have not packaged me and figured out, put the words in my mouth. They, they just come from who I am. And I think when words from the heart, I just believe touch the heart. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about math, okay? There is a uh, 
the Democrats seem to have a lock on this state electorally, but as in the, in the hearts of people, this is still a 70% center-right nation, a 72% center-right state, a 72% Christian state, okay? But the Republicans who would naturally benefit from that if Republicans knew how to call all of the, efficiently call all of our potential voters, we obviously do not know how to do that because the top five uh, elected uh, positions across this Commonwealth, you know, for several cycles, they've been they've been all Democrats. In spite of us having great candidates and uh, and, and a great message, so mathematically, how do you get people who to give you a prime example, E.W. the last two. Uh, amendments, the uh, property rights amendment and the marriage amendment. The marriage amendment passed with 58%. Property rights, 75%, which means all of the Republicans voted yes and 50% of the Democrats voted yes. And I maintain that Trump, although he didn't win Virginia, but in a lot of other states, a lot of those Democrats who have calluses on their hands and work boots on their feet, who do not benefit from the uh, being a member of the swamp or having a government job, they don't benefit from that. They're just honest, hardworking people. But, but they've been convinced that the Democrats are their best ticket for success. Math, math, there's, a, there's a difference here in the math. How do you equalize that and, and, and call some of those votes that we are obviously giving away? Well, Craig, you could take a glass of water and pour half sugar in it, but if you don't stir it, uh, that, that the water at the top of that glass will be unsweetened. And I think what it is is that underneath the surface, we are a red state, and I believe we're deep red. Mm-hmm. But if you don't stir that base, then what you get from the surface is this very blue tint. Mm-hmm. And I just believe we have not, Republicans have not been fielding candidates that excite and stir up. You mentioned Christians. Mm-hmm. Christians all across this commonwealth share our values. Yeah. But they look at the candidates sometimes and say, oh, well, you know, yeah, maybe I'll yeah. vote. Now, how, how are you looking on time, E.W.? I'm fine. You're fine? fine. Okay, great, because we have a hard break for the news coming up. And so, and folks, if you're just joining us, we have E.W. Jackson, candidate for U.S. Senate, and we will continue our conversation with him on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, as we uh, come back with a little bit of Ray Charles here as we observe uh, another Memorial Day weekend. And if you're just joining us, we have with us a fantastic guest, 
uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson, a uh, member of the proud United States Marine Corps and currently a Republican candidate for Senate and the right to represent uh, the Republican Party uh, going up against the incumbent uh, Tim Kaine. And E.W., thank you so much uh, for staying over with us. And uh, and thank you for all that you've done over the years. Your your uh, your organization, Stand, uh, you know, before we get into, uh, I really appreciate you talking about uh, Christians because that's a big part of my radio program. Uh, but make the connection with your organization, Stand, and your outreach to Christians, and then maybe we can talk about your outreach to um, minority communities. Well, well, first of all, Brother Craig, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on with you. And you talk about persuasion. Believe me, I've heard more than once how persuasive Craig Johnson is as well. So, um, thank you. So, so it's, it's an honor to be on with you. Uh, yes, yeah, Stand, Stand True to America's National Destiny was formed eight years ago, uh, really nine years ago, as a matter of fact, as a as a way of trying to bring Christians together across racial and cultural lines to preserve our Judeo-Christian history and values. And, and of course, people can find out more about that by going to standamerica.us. Um, but that's that's been a, a labor of love because, as you know, I love my country, and I really believe that to the extent that we lose touch with our Judeo-Christian roots and values, we really run the risk of losing our constitutional republic. So yes. uh, that's what we're we're working on, a variety of issues related to that. Yeah, it's a battle. Including inner city problems. Yeah, yeah. And Reagan said every generation has to fight for it, man. It's not, uh, it's not guaranteed. And we have folks that are just coasting. You have other people bear, bearing the burden, and a lot of folks are just coasting. Yeah, that is absolutely true, and we can't afford to do it. And you mentioned Christians, and I did, but particularly Christians. And to me, it's a, in fact, I've said in one video, to me, it's a sin to be given the gift of living in a free nation where you get to help choose your governmental leadership mm-hmm. and you abdicate that responsibility. To me, yes. that's a sin against God and against the great gift of freedom that we've been given in this country. Yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Yeah, so now how has your um, outreach, you know, it, it, it's strange that I've been telling the Republican Party for, lit- and I'm not exaggerating, for decades, okay? And I've been doing it for, for one decade on radio, but I was doing it before then. And, you know, folks say, well, you know, this guy just doesn't shut up. We, we need to put him on the radio. <laughs> 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 but uh, for decades, I've been, I've been telling Republicans that we have a great story to tell. I mean, a party of not only just Abraham Lincoln, but, um, I mean— you go down the list, Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, um, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Sr. And, and for a good while, Dr. King Jr., uh, but he became an independent, you know, later on. And okay. uh, But 90% of uh, African-Americans Vote Democrat, okay? The party of Jim Crow, the party of slavery, the party, and even a rapper, I forget the guy, Kanye, yeah. Even a rapper has figured out that this is a modern-day mental plantation, okay? So 90% uh, blacks are voting for the plantation. 
and and it's it's even worse, frankly, for Christians because Christians are going out voting for the party that is avidly pro-abortion, avidly pro-Margaret Sanger, who was both not only uh, a, a just an immoral person in terms of denigrating the lives of unborn children, but she was mm-hmm. a racist. Yeah. A, I mean, a, a rabid racist. Yeah. And yet Folks were called her. human weeds. Yeah. I mean, they, they, she, she thought black people weren't worthy of living, weren't worthy of being born. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, the whole redefinition of the family, the, the dismissal oh, of yes. God. I mean, yes. and they vote for people who are against everything they say they're for in their churches on Sunday morning. And I really believe that's about to change because I think there is an awakening that is happening. It's slow, but I'm going to help accelerate it if I can through my candidacy, if I'm blessed to get the nomination, because it's yes. really got to change. It, it, to. it really does, E.W. Now, I find it's easier to go over top the heads of the NAACP and, the, and, and Reverend Chickenfoot. Um, although, <laughs> you know, quite often I hear my Republican mm-hmm. friends, they say, well, I'm going to go down now. We're going to have us a meeting with the NAACP. <laughs> and and, and, the, and the, the leadership of any group is naturally against change. So, and they just don't get it. They want to engage leadership. And I see you as a guy that can over, overcome leadership and do what Ronald Reagan did speak directly to the people and go over the media. And the same thing that Donald Trump, he's successful because why? He goes over top of the media gatekeepers. So share with the audience how you've been able to do that and and what your candidacy, the success of your candidacy would mean uh, for breaking down that barrier that a lot of people scratch their heads and still can't Mm -hmm. figure it out. Well, you know, Brother Craig, first of all, uh, one, of, one of the things I've learned is, while you're right, most NAACP leaders wouldn't want to have anything to do with me or you or any of us who are trying to rethink how we solve the problems of the black community. But there are some, there are exceptions. And I was endorsed, for example, by an NAACP leader in my last election, my last run. Oh, and I've, okay. got, uh, I've, got a, I've got another one who's prepared to endorse me even now in the primary. And so oh, great. those leaders who are open, I'm going to, to I want to let them know I'm open to them. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You've got to go through gospel radio. You've got to go through uh, black uh, radio stations. You've got to reach the rank and file because they're the people who are not getting the benefits of having right. this ungodly coalition uh, with these ungodly leftists and Democrats. And those are people who are open. They want cho- they want parental choice for their children, mm-hmm. but their but their leaders tell them that no, you can't have that. We're going to keep your children stuck in these failing schools. Yes. I mean, they want more jobs coming into the community, but their leaders tell them, well, they're not going to let that happen. So we're just going to increase the welfare dependence and and just be glad about that. I mean, they want to keep people dependent because that way they keep them under control and they use them to stay in power. And uh, I, you know, I've said to people. If they'll forgive the biblical reference, we need to go down into the Egypt of these inner cities and tell the pharaoh of these Democrat leaders, let to my let people, people go. go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let yeah. my people go. Amen. Yeah. So now, uh, just one last shot. Let's see. Just if you had to give like a, a two minute speech to, say, some 12th graders who don't really understand Republican Democrat. And they're going to vote in their very first election coming up. 
in, in two minutes, let's say in three minutes, what would you say to them? Not to speaking to me, people who already get, get, who already understand. Right. I would tell them you've been lied to. You've been given a polemic against your country and you've been given a polemic against the party. And the purpose of it is not to educate you. It is to keep you in bondage to certain ideas. The fact of the matter is that the Republican Party represents the values that built this country. Values of personal responsibility, hard work, entrepreneurship, allowing the individual to fulfill his or her God-given potential. And that's what we want for you. The Democrat Party has unfortunately come to represent collectivism, pseudo-socialism, and Marxism. And those have been responsible for nothing but genocide and starvation and mass human suffering across the globe, everywhere it's been tried. And we want you to fulfill everything God intended you to be. And the Republican Party represents the values that make that possible. Yeah, very, very well said. Now, one final question, E.W., and it's this. It's in regards to how you will prosecute. If you are our nominee, how would you prosecute our case against Tim Kaine, the Democrats, and all, you know, he's going to have everything. They're going to throw everything and the kitchen sink. And, you know, no matter who we nominate, the uh, the grand old Republican Party, they're, they're going to write it off and they're not going to fund us uh, properly. So we're going to have to figure it out. So would you go after Tim Kaine and the Democrats and all their cohorts very aggressively, you know, in onion toter fashion, or would you have a more measured, you know, what the what the standard uh, the standard operational method of the Republican Party is to go hard in the primary and then moderate in the general election as a way to appeal to the uh, Democrat or in the in the middle of the road voter. But Trump didn't do that. Trump didn't call Hillary Clinton my friend across the aisle. He said, lock her up. He called her crooked Hillary. So are you going to do it the Trump way or the uh, grand old Republican way and moderate? And, and you know, what, what's your what's your strategy? Oh, it's definitely the Trump way. <laughs> Maybe that was a leading question, but, <laughs> but, but, but look, Ex- Ray, but expound on that. You know, how would you look, make that strategy your own? You know, deserves, aggressively. Tim Kaine deserves that because he's done absolutely nothing. I hit him on two points, uh, among other things. Number one, he has been an obstructionist for everything the president does, and I want to know. What is it you don't like of it? You don't like the low unemployment rate? You don't like the low un- lowest unemployment yet uh, in the history of keeping records in the black community? Uh, do you not like the fact that the economy is growing at 3.3%? Do you not like the fact that people are getting bonuses? I mean, do you want open borders? Do you want people coming in, taking jobs from our people? I mean, so who are you for? Maybe you want to be senator for some other country or something, yeah. but not for America. And the other thing I'd hit him on is this. 30 years in public life, what has he done for the people whose votes he depends upon to get reelected? Namely, the black community, the inner cities of this country, nothing. He has presided over the deterioration of those communities. There's more poverty. There's more gangs. There's more violence. There's more family disruption and deterioration and dysfunction. And he has no plan whatsoever other than go in there and say, hey, those other guys are racist. Vote for me. I won't do anything for you, mind you. But at least you know 
that uh, I'm not a racist. Well, as far as I'm concerned, he is a racist with the low uh, uh, expectations of bigotry. Mm-hmm. That, you know, these people are not worth anything. They can't do anything. And, and, uh, I, and this is the attitude that the slave masters had, brother yes. Greg, which was yes. that they can't do anything without me. And I know they're in a terrible situation, but, but living under my rule is the really best mm. life available to them. I mean, it's disgusting. And I'm going to hold him accountable for it. Amen. Well, much success to you. And uh, I really, again, thank you so much. And also, sir, thank you for your service in the United States Marine Corps. Thank you, Brother Craig. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. I've enjoyed it. uh, And I look forward to working with you. Okay. God bless you now. Bye. God bless you. Oh. Well, all right, folks, that was a good interview there. And, uh, you know, we, we love now we've we've had all three candidates and maybe we can have all three of them again before the uh, primary coming up, which is coming up real soon. Anyway, we're going to take a really, really quick break and then we're going to open up the phone lines. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. 